0: Hey guys, God bless you and welcome to Swerve Church. Today we are wrapping up our series called The Ghost. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, examining the scriptures, trying to learn a little bit more about this third person of the Trinity. And today we're going to start by reading a passage from Acts chapter 2. So I invite you guys to open up your Bibles or power on your Bibles and scroll over to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read a a couple verses there. First, let me give you guys a little bit of context Uh, This is after Jesus has risen from the grave. and, And by this point, he has appeared to the disciples and to many others. And he's told the disciples to sit back and to wait for a counselor. In fact, he even said it's better that he would go, that he would return to heaven. Because if not, the counselor would not come. The Holy Spirit would not come. And it is in the power and by the power of the Holy Spirit that they would be able to do even greater things than he did. And so there's just a few believers that are waiting on this promise when all of a sudden we read this. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 2, verses 1-4. through four. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound, like that of a violent, violent rushing wind, came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they, where they were staying. And they saw tongues, like flames of fire, that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled. Now, a lot has happened in just a few verses here in Acts chapter 2. And you know what's interesting is that depending on your faith tradition, you'll either uh, read into this passage or you will read over this passage. There's different faith traditions, different backgrounds and understandings of the scripture. And sometimes when some people come across Uh, a difficult part of of scripture. They tend to read into it or to read over it. So what do we do with this? What do we do with what's going on in Acts chapter 2 in the first four verses? Well, obviously, it is something that is supernatural that is happening and they're being filled with the Spirit. So we might think to ourselves, is this what it means? Is this what it means to be filled with the Spirit? And what I want to do is I want to wrestle with this Today, I want us to wrestle with this because many are confused over this particular gift, the gift of tongues, as we just noticed and as we just witnessed happen in Acts chapter 2. In fact, there's whole denominations and churches that are based around the statement that you are only Spirit-filled or even saved only if evidenced by speaking in tongues. By the way, many dear brothers of mine, you know, fellow co-laborers and colleagues uh, of mine that hold to this, but is this what the Bible teaches? is this what the bible says and so what we want to do today is that we want to we want to examine the scriptures and as we do i think it is very clear that this particular passage that we just finished reading is descriptive and not prescriptive in this passage we read that there are people who are present actually surrounding this miraculous event that could understand the languages that were being spoken there was a, a, there was a Pentecost was happening. There was a, 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 a highly celebrated holiday and there was tons of people around and the people were able to understand the languages that were being spoken. And it ultimately led to a clear presentation of the gospel and put people putting their hope and faith in Jesus. And so uh, I understand that this might be something difficult for you to grasp this particular gift. Uh, it might be something to to, to grapple with but it's in the bible and we're bible people we're all about the bible we trust god's word and so we want to wrestle with it in order to understand so here's a couple few quick points number one and that is that tongues is a gift tongues is a gift the gift of tongues is just one of many spiritual gifts that we see uh, throughout scripture and nowhere in the bible is any one person commanded to have every single gift all right this is just one of many gifts that are in the Bible, but rather God divides the gifts among his people, so that we can serve one another, that's the purpose of spiritual gifts, that we can serve one another, and Paul is uh, talking about this in the New Testament, he's talking about the order of service, among other things, he's bringing some correction into the church of Corinth, and he goes into detail, because this particular church, the church of Corinth, was kind of going a little buck wild, okay, they were going a, a little crazy, and so he was helping them to understand the idea of gifts and, and their contribution as individuals to the body of Christ. And he says this. Let's read it together in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, a couple of verses there. He says, Now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. And then now he's gonna go off to list a couple different of these gifts, and they're for you know for each individual to serve one another. He says to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between gifts, to another different kinds of tongues. There's what we're talking about today. To another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. So once again, this is very important for us to understand that Paul is saying is that there's many different types of gifts. They all come from one spirit, but they all go to different people. And no one person possesses every single gift. It means that you may or you may not have this particular gift, the gift of tongues. But what it also means is that since, since not everybody is meant to have this, it means that it's not contingent for salvation. Right? Very clear all throughout scriptures, we learn that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and it is not by works. Here's number two, you can write this down, and that is that tongues require interpretation. Tongues require interpretation. And once again, Paul is addressing the, the, the Corinthians about this particular gift. Apparently, some were out of order. I want you guys to imagine a service where the Bible teaching is going on, the teacher is standing up and he's teaching the gospel, he's expositing the scriptures, he's trying to teach and instruct the people and all of a sudden one person gets up and begins to speak in another language and at the same time another person gets up and begins to speak in another language and all of a sudden you have several people that are yelling at the top of the lungs, speaking a language that nobody else understands and there's no clear Bible teaching that is able to happen. It's a distraction. And So this is what's happening in the church of Corinth. There's, uh, there's distraction, there's, it's very disorderly, and it's, it would definitely be weird for any non-Christians that were present at the gathering. So Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, there are to be only two or at three, or the most three, each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no interpreter, that person is to keep silent in the church and to speak to himself and to God. You see, for this particular gift, the gift of tongues, there is a complementary gift of interpretation. And what Paul is saying is that if there is no interpretation present for those tongues, then it's best that you sit down and keep that to yourself. Uh, Sometimes, definitely some Christian circles today, maybe in uh, in Paul's day, maybe perhaps, but maybe people that possessed this gift, people that had this gift, maybe they thought it made them feel closer to God or more spiritual Since it's a very, um, it's it's a very, it's a gift that you can very easily be seen. And so perhaps people interpret it as, you know, being closer to God, being more special. I know there's a lot of Christian circles where that tends to be the notion. But Paul says, no, 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 this is not a show. This is not about showing off. All right? If this is a, a, a prayer language between you and God, this is the Spirit on your behalf, uttering words onto God for your behalf and for your encouragement, then it's better if you keep it to yourself if there's no interpretation because it is not edifying the body of Christ. If it's a distraction, then sit down. That's what Paul is saying. And here's number three, and that is that tongues strengthen the individual. Tongues strengthen the individual. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse four. Paul says, The person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up but with the one who prophesies builds the church you see what's interesting is about this particular gift that is that it encourages and it builds up and it strengthens the person that has it the person that has the spiritual gift to give the tongues it is extremely encouraging it is very uplifting it is very strengthening not that it can't be, uh, per, per se, encouraging to a congregation, especially with the complementary gift of interpretation. But without it, it is more encouraging and strengthening to the person that has it. For the individual, it builds himself up. It builds himself up. And uh, so perhaps if you have this gift and you understand exactly what that's like in order to be able to be encourage, encourage yourself in, in, in another tongue, in another language, so, if this is not the evidence or the sole evidence of a Spirit-filled life, then what is? Because if we want to be Spirit-filled followers of Jesus. I want you to be a Spirit-filled follower of Jesus. I want to be a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has, given, has been given to us, okay, to be, to be with us and to operate through us. And so there's definitely evidence, according to the Scriptures, Okay, And this is what I pray for every single one of us, that we would become spirit-filled and that we would bear evidence, that we would bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so, and it's so important because not only that, that you know and that I know, but we live in a world that needs to experience the spirit-filled, spirit-led, empowered Christians. Our community, our neighbors need to be impacted by spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-empowered followers of Jesus. So what does it all entail? What does it entail to be Uh, to to have the Spirit-filled life? What does it involve? Number one, you can write this down, and that is that it exhibits the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit-filled life exhibits fruit of the Spirit. Paul dedicates a whole portion uh, in his letter to the Galatians to talk about this. We did a series called Fruit by the Foot. If you want to check it out, I go into detail into every single one of the uh, fruit of the Spirit. I encourage you to go back on on YouTube, on our podcast, and give it a listen as I go one by one through each one of these. Uh, But let's read it together. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then these are the attributes that you should bear. These are the attributes that you should have as a follower of Jesus. These are the marks of a Spirit-filled person. Well, Danny, I'm not that loving. Or Danny, I'm not that kind. Or Danny, I'm not that gentle. Well, if you are a follower of Jesus, this is evidence of the Spirit-filled life. This, This demonstrates to the world. It demonstrates to your church family. It demonstrates to your neighbors that you're filled with the Spirit of God. These are things that we should be growing in. We should be overflowing with the fruit because this is what the Holy Spirit does inside of us. And also because this is what's been demonstrated to us through Jesus. I want you guys to consider for a moment, how might this impact your community? How might this impact our neighbors if we exhibited the fruits of the Spirit? Of course, this is a process and sanctification you know, happens day by day, but it is evidence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's evidence of the Spirit-filled life. And so we should be bearing fruit or exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. All right, what else is uh, the Spirit-filled life? Number two. Number two is walks in step with the Spirit. We walk in step with the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, Paul goes on to say, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what, against the, what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. You know, the author does a great job here at uh, kind of describing the war that happens inside of you and me, and we experience this on a daily basis. Every single one of us have, ex- every single one of us have experienced the war between the spirit and the flesh, the spirit designed to do what is pleasing to God, the flesh uh, uh, desiring to do what is contrary to God's will. Our flesh is sin-ridden and desires everything opposing to God's perfect design. But as followers of Jesus and as as Spirit-filled, then part of the evidence is that we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? It means that we listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings and we take heed when He talks, when He listens. It means that we put to death uh, our flesh and we reject sin and we follow um, God's desires and we grow in holiness. It means that we take a constant posture of repentance which is part of why we uh, participate in communion regularly here at Swerve. And part of the, the reason is we partake in the, the blood of Jesus and, and the body of Jesus and we remember is so that we can take out an opportunity to repent of sin. And so I encourage you guys to do that as well, to repent as you repent of any, uh, of, any you know, repent of sin as we participate in communion. And then we gather together with other followers of Christ to pray, to encourage each other, to hold each other accountable. That's what it means to walk in step. With the spirit look at what ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 18 says it says pay careful attention then to how you walk pay careful attention to how you walk not as unwise people but as wise making the most of the time because the days are evil so don't be foolish but understand what the lord's will is and don't get drunk with wine which leads to reckless living but be filled by the what by the spirit when we are influenced When we are under the influence of alcohol right it's kind of what paul is describing here that we tend to think and talk and act differently as i walk by my neighbors all right that are smoking this and drinking that they are under the influence they think differently they talk differently they behave differently you know what would it look like for us as followers of jesus not to be under the influence of uh uh, of anything like that or under the influence of culture or under the influence of media, or under the influence of politics? What would it look like for us instead to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit? What would it look like for you to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit? It would radically change the decisions that we make. It would radically change who we spend time with, what we do, what we say, and where we go. And so my encouragement for us today, let us be people filled with, with the Holy Spirit. I need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need me to be filled with the Holy Spirit in our community, in our neighbors, your neighbors, your family, your friends. need to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit-filled life inside of you so that we can be Spirit-led, Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered followers of Jesus and make a difference right where we are. Let's pray. God, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, God. And so I just pray, God, right now for those that are watching this or listening to this, God, that you would make it clear to them the, the specific gifts that you have given them, Father. And I pray, God, that we would walk with this evidence of the Spirit. We would be filled with the Spirit, Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered, Spirit-filled, God. I pray, God, that you would help us to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. May we be loving and joyful and, and gentle and kind, Lord. Would We, ex- we would exhibit these this fruit, Father, so that we can make a difference here in our community so we can point people back to Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would empower us to walk in step, that we would take heed to the Holy Spirit, that we would obey, that we would listen, and that we would walk in step with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.